Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. And you can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. Thank you guys, good morning. There are times when you come to your church and you worship and you minister, you love on somebody, pray with somebody, you sing, you give, you serve, um, that everything feels wonderful. And then a message might be given where you feel from time to time, that missed me a little bit. Uh, it might be a generational thing where because we are a multi-generational church family and we're a bunch of families of all different kinds that make up one big family, there are going to be times when we hit a topic, we hit a subject where either the whole message or a point or two within the message you say, uh, that, that just missed me a little bit today. Well, today is not one of those days because I'm going to be talking to you about a miracle and if you have lived on this planet for any length of time, then you know what it's like to run into a wall of your own limitations. And when you do, you are going to need divine intervention. Now there is a Bible word for this divine intervention and it's called miracles. Although God never did anything where he called it a miracle, other people did. Jesus would walk up to Lazarus' tomb and say, Lazarus, come forward. They're like, whoo, no way, man. He walked out. Jesus just said, yeah, take the clothes, you know, wrap things around and give him something to eat. No big deal. And the reason why God didn't call what he did miracles is because God cannot surprise himself. <laughs> he surprises us. So every person in this room is in need of a miracle. You needed several of them in order for you to be saved, and you are now going to need many of them in order to live the kind of life that God wants you to live. You're going to need miracles along the way. Let me pray. Father, for every person in this room, I now ask in the name of Jesus that you'd bless them. Father, there are people in this room that don't even know why they're here. They're just here, and yet you have something very special for them today. There are people of all ages and in all stages of life, Father, who need you and only you to do what only you can do. And Father, today I pray that you'd reach down into this room, you take hold of our hearts, you would encourage, you would bless, you would help, you'd bring healing, you'd bring hope and future back into people's minds. There are people in here who've been hurt so badly that they have built walls up in front of their hearts and they're not really sure life's gonna ever get any different than what they're experiencing right now. And Father, it is in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would bless the people in this room with miracles. I pray that it would start today. And I ask this over each one in this room in the powerful name of Jesus, amen. Well, in case you're new to Fellowship Church and you don't know us very well, there's one really important thing that you need to know. We want the very best for your saved, born again life. Then once you've accepted Christ as your personal savior, we want you to experience a life filled with joy, 
a life filled with happiness, and a life filled with abundance. That we never want you to settle. We always want you to be striving for the life God wants you to live. Breaking through barriers, taking on challenges, and we celebrate those victories with you. We believe that you can have them. We believe you're supposed to have them. And when your life all of a sudden turns into one victory after another, when it's been so difficult year after year, we are a church family. We are pastors here that teach that that is the life that God intended for you to live, that his plan for you is different from family members, different from friends, different from haters that you might see on Facebook. His plan is the best plan that you could possibly have in your life. He actually came to his children one time in the Old Testament, sent a prophet by the name of Jeremiah to his kids when they were going through one of the most difficult struggles and difficult times in their life. And he said this, for I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. They are plans to prosper you and not to harm you. They're plans to give you hope and a future. Let's dissect it a minute. God did not say, we know the plans I have for you. He did not even say, you know the plans I have for you. He said, I know the plans. So when it comes to God's plans for your life, many times you don't get to know what they are, but you do get to know what his plans do. And he said they're about prospering you. It simply means to give you more, more of the things that he desires for your life, more of the things that you desire in your heart. He also says to give you hope when your hope has run out, when you think things aren't going to get any better, when you think life is pretty much what it is and you've been beaten down so much that this is what it's going to result to. For the rest. No, no, he gives you hope. And the Bible says he gives you a future. For his plan intervening in your life is going to take miracles. On the side screen from last week, a miracle is when God makes something happen that couldn't happen, that shouldn't happen and wouldn't happen unless he makes it happen. Miracles, again on the side screen, unexplainable anomalies that is orchestrated by the eternal to accomplish his agenda with you, for you, and in you. Last week, we used a lot of scripture verses we're not using today, but one of the points was this off those scriptures, your next miracle will come as a result of some failure in your life. A prerequisite for your next miracle is personal failure. When you hit a limitation in your life, when there is something you cannot fix on your own, you can't make it better, that is a prerequisite. Why would God give you a miracle if you didn't have a problem? Why would a miracle come your way if it was a problem that you could fix on your own? You've got to hit that wall. You've got to hit that failure in order to qualify for a miracle. Miracles differentiate between who you are and who God is. You have limits and you're supposed to. And your heavenly father does not have limitations. Number two, your next miracle will come as a result of God's favor on your life. Favor, preferential treatment that you do not deserve. We learned last week that you cannot earn a miracle. And Mary did not earn the miracle of giving birth to Jesus Christ as a virgin. She wasn't perfect. She was just picked. The third thing I want you to see, your next miracle will challenge your faith. Now, I've heard a lot of teaching on faith in my life. And there is a contemporary teaching on faith that I just don't, I just don't follow. And here's why I don't. It always seems to leave out the doubt battle that is inside of each and every one of us. 
And Jesus taught that there would be a doubt battle going on in your life, even right alongside of faith, when he was talking to the man in the New Testament about his son needing to be healed. He asked the man, as the man was trying to seek help from Jesus, Jesus asked the man, well, if you believe, it's possible. And the man said this, watch this struggle. I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. In other words, what he was saying is, there's a part of me that believes absolutely that you are the Son of God and you can do anything that you want to do. But there's another part of me where I struggle. There's another part of me when I should have faith that it just jumps in there and beats me down. And sometimes a doubt battle can feel like you have walked into a room where a deposition is about to be taking place. And you're being questioned by somebody on the other side of the table as if those questions were torturing your very mind. Where you're trying to believe, you're trying to have faith, and then the questions come to you, well, what if this doesn't work out? Well, what if your company closed down? What if you buy that and then all of a sudden you lose some income and now you can't afford it anymore. Well, what if you have to move? What if you have to go to another place? Well, what if you get older and you don't have enough money to take care of yourself? What if you're going to be a burden to your kids? What about that? And all of a sudden it feels like you're being questioned by that of a doubt battle against the very things that you are trying to put your faith and trust in God in. And it is almost to a torturing level. And the Bible tells us that those doubts will not go away until you answer the questions with a question. And it is the same question that God asked and posed to, to Abraham and Sarah in the Old Testament. When Abraham was 99 years of age, God said, you're going to be the father of many nations. And he posed that to him when Abraham didn't even feel like much of a man. And he told Sarah, you're going to give birth to a baby this time next year at the age of 90. And the Bible said that Sarah laughed. And when God questioned her on it, God said, how, how come you laugh when I said it? She said, I didn't laugh. He said, oh, yeah, yes, you did. <laughs> the question was posed, all these things going wrong. This couldn't happen because of this. This couldn't happen because of that. And God answered those questions with the question, and here it is in Genesis 18, 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? And any time doubt begins to battle against your mind, you've got to answer those questions with the same question. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I don't know if I'm going to make it financially. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Well, if a company closed down at my age, I don't know how to get another job with these kind of benefits. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I got an adult child that's driving me crazy, making all kind of bad decisions. Is there anything too hard for the Lord. I'm married to a hard-headed old codger that won't come to church with me, doesn't have anything to do with the Bible or God, and I've been coming by myself. Is there anything too hard for your Lord? That's an applause line right there, so go right ahead while I... Your heavenly Father is able to do anything at any time in your life. Take a look with me if you would when it comes to miracles. Sometimes God will work a miracle to fix a problem, and sometimes God's going to work a miracle to fix you. Now, one of those will strengthen your faith. The other one will strengthen you. If you have ever suffered from a broken heart, and as a result of that, you have put walls up around you, and you realize those walls aren't helping you. 
Matter of fact, they might be making things worse. And you've read everything and you've tried everything and you've listened to everybody's advice on all of it. Only God can fix you. Only God. You know, you've tried everything else. Only God can fix you. And the miracle that you need is a miracle that would take place in you. Maybe there's an addiction. Maybe there's a habit. Maybe there's a hang-up that has lasted for a very long time in your life. Matter of fact, you thought you got away from it a little bit, and then you went back to it. Then you thought you got away from it again, but you dabbled back in it again. Well, I used to see in the Bible stories of people that suffered from a, some kind of struggle or an addiction or some kind of wrestling with some kind of issue in their life. Here's one for 18 years. There's another one in the New Testament struggled for 12 years. Here's one struggled with an issue for 38 years. And I used to think, well, these kinds of timing and times that people would waste in this life with these kind of struggles had to be extreme cases. But as I read, I realize that, wait a minute, these aren't extreme cases. These are normal. Because God wants us to be able to identify with these on how long some of us are struggling, some of us are wrestling with, some kind of issue in our life that God still wants to heal us from. You see, some people keep dipping back and forth into the same issue for years and years. And if some of you in this room would be very honest with me, you would have to admit to this. Some of you haven't been happy for most of your life. Some of you, if you were honest, would have to say, I have been angry for most of my life. Some would have to say, I have been bitter Some would say, I have dipped back and forth into a negative mindset for 20, 30, or 40 years. But God would want you to know that no matter how many years that you have been struggling with these things, there is help available for you. Now, I want you to understand, and I want to strongly emphasize this. I believe in counseling. I really do. I think if you have an issue in your life or in your marriage or you just can't get over, you need somebody in the room with you that can kind of see it from a different perspective. Somebody that can bring insight to it, maybe in a simple on and off switch that you've been missing all along. I believe in that. I believe you ought to seek counsel. I mean, we seek counsel here. And for years, if I've struggled with something, I will call our board of directors up who are all pastors and I'll I'll say, hey, am I seeing this right? Am I processing this right? How come I feel this way? Anybody shed light on why I'm feeling this way? Should I, should I be feeling this way? Sometimes if it's bigger than that, I'll go over to Colorado Springs. I'll go to focus on the family. I'll sit down with a professional counselor to focus on the family. Say, hey, I just need, to, I just need somebody speaking speak in my life. Just let me bounce some stuff off of you. I want to make sure I'm thinking right on this area. And I believe in that. I think if you've got a struggle, an area where you're struggling, you ought to seek counseling. I believe, I believe in 12 steps. Take 12 steps, 24 steps, 36 steps, take them all. In whatever area where you're struggling, yeah, if you can seek help in that area, if that's good, that, that's, that, that's good for you, you, you need to go ahead, you need to do that. I believe in deliverance. You ought to go to deliverance classes from time to time when we have them here and just get something cast off you or out of you that, that you need so badly that is you're struggling with. But I don't think any of those are one and done issues in this life. I don't think any of them are one and done because you walk out of there with the same unsaved mind and with the same unsaved body. 
So those struggles always have the ability to be able to jump back on you. But there are some issues in your life. I know people that have gone to rehab, they've gone down the river of rehab so many times that when they go back to that facility, their pillow is in the closet in a room that's got their name on it. And they're still not any better. After years and years and hundreds and thousands of dollars that are being spent. Because God doesn't want you to put more faith in a rehab center than you would put in him. And there are some things that God and God only can take out of your life. And nobody else can talk you out of it. Some people in this room flat out just need a miracle. And to you, it's big and surprising. And to God, it's what he does. It's just part of his nature. So I want to I wanna ask all you ladies in here to let me help you with something for a moment, okay? I want you to repeat after me. I cannot, I cannot. fix my husband. You're welcome. Now say this, because it is not my job. God never equipped you to fix him. Never. Let me tell you what else. You can't. Can I, can I tell you something as a brother to sisters? Act like I grew up in your home and that I love you and you love me and I tormented you and you tormented me. Act like though that we care about each other very much and you come to me for advice and you've been married to a guy that's driving you crazy. Okay, let, 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 me, let me share something with your sisters. Sisters, let me share something. You will never turn him into your girlfriend. And if you do, you won't want him anymore. So stop it. Just let him be who God created him to be. Now, men, I want you to repeat after me. Are you ready? I cannot fix my wife because there's nothing about her that needs to be fixed. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> We're lying up in the church house now. God wants you to know that no matter how long you've been struggling with something, does not mean you have to keep struggling with it. Let me give you the next one real quick here. Sometimes your miracle will have a forerunner. Sometimes your miracle will have a forerunner. We saw it in the beginning of the Passion Scripture we read last week. It started out with Elizabeth was in her sixth month of pregnancy when the angel told Mary that she was going to give birth to the Son of God without ever consummating her marriage with her husband. And Elizabeth was said to be barren, unable to have children, and now, not only was she unable to have children in her younger days, she was past the childbearing age herself. And then the angel said, but she's in her sixth month because no word from God will ever fail. So what Mary got in her miracle was somebody else as a forerunner in theirs. In other words, many of you need to realize that your miracle is coming because you have seen it happen in the lives of so many others around you and before you. Let me, just, let me just, how many of you in this room, now before you raise your hand, would say, I have experienced a miracle. Now wait, God rescued you from something. 
God pulled you out of something you shouldn't have been in. God allowed you to heal from something that should have torn you up, put you on alcohol on the floor for the rest of your life. God kept you safe when another car, a distracted driver, swerved over into your lane and at the last second you both missed each other from a head-on wreck. God caused you to stay alive when that surgery is over. God caused the infection to go away. God caused your little baby in the middle of the night when you were holding that child and that child wasn't breathing very well to start breathing again. And all of a sudden, that baby is healthy. God allowed that baby to come out of NICU that the chances were 50-50 that it wouldn't. God gave you, a, the doctors gave you a diagnosis and God made you well again. There's some area in your life where you shouldn't have survived it, at least to the level in which you are here in this room today. But because of a miracle that has taken place in your life, you are here. And if that is you, would you simply slip your hand up all over this room? That is everybody. And if you desperately need a miracle today, be like Mary. Her, she knew hers was coming because she saw her cousin Elizabeth who wasn't, so, she is experiencing a miracle ahead of her. And if she can experience one, why can't you? If the people in this room can experience miracles, why can't you? Would you stand with me, please? The story of Sarah in the Bible is not there just so that you and I can know that an old woman had a baby. So what? That doesn't mean nothing to me. That story is there so that you will know that no matter how old you are, no matter what stage in life you are, God's not done with you. You need to know that at this age, God is able to do more for you and use you in a greater way than you could have been used at a younger age. And the reason why he has waited so long to give you the greatest miracle that you could possibly face is because you couldn't handle it younger. So that means God's gonna have to expedite the process I'm 60 years old, and I know what you're thinking. He only looks 40. <laughs> but I believe the most attractive and the most active people in our church should be those of us over 60. I think those of us who are in that empty nester stage and beyond. Last week I prayed for all the 40s and below because your life is spinning and you need lots of prayer. Lots of, to remember not to forget your kids somewhere. Lots of prayer. But the story of Abraham and Sarah is in the Bible so that you and I might know that the greatest season of our life as far as serving our God is in our years that are past and being empty nesters. 60 and above in our church ought to be an army of people, men and women. Matter of fact, Ann and I are gonna start some projects up where we're gonna call a bunch of people out that are our age and older to serve in these projects with us. There's gonna be a lot of pizza eating, but there will be a little bit of getting something done too. Because God's not done with you. 
God's not done with you. Well, I don't know if I can do You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what. No, no, God's, God's not done with you. You still breathing? You still breathing? I talked to Wilma Chandler. She's a 78 years of age, retired nurse. Just told me in the lobby that she went back to work. 78. If God's not done with you. The most attractive and most active people in our church ought to be empty nesters up because these people's lives are spinning under our season of life. We got a little more time, got a little more money, a little more intelligence, a little more wisdom because we just earned it through life. But let me tell you what it's going to take for those of us that are older to really be used of God. Look at this right here. Sometimes your miracle will involve you skipping a step along the way. Can I use Mary again? The Bible said that Mary got pregnant and had a baby with ever consummating the marriage with her husband. So Mary skipped a step. Now I know what you're thinking, some steps you don't want to skip. I understand that. But Mary skipped a step. Don't forget, the, don't miss the principle here. God allowed her to get to a place without having to go through the process that everybody else had to go through in order to get there. And many times for those of us who are a little bit more up in age, we don't have time to go back and redo all the stuff we had to do to get to where we need to be. We need God to allow us to skip certain steps in the process and get us there anyway. Get there without the degree. Get there without knowing the right people. Get there without doing the things that other people do. Because God just puts favor on your life to bring a miracle to your life, to get you to your heart's desire. But this time, you get to skip some steps along the way. I want to share one more thing with you about this story. You need to get it. God brought a miracle in Mary's life, in Elizabeth's life, and in Sarah's life that would not have happened without God. Their miracle is on the way, but follow me. They still had to wait nine months for the miracle to show up. So sometimes, your miracle and be in place, and don't lose hope, and don't lose heart, because it's still going to take a process for it to show up in your family. But it's coming, and you can't stop it. <laughs> Father God, we love you with all of our heart. You are an awesome God. You are an awesome Father. And we do what we do. We run into limitations. We hit walls. We hit times in our life where we think we can't do anything else. There's nothing else we can do. We're, not, we're stuck. And then you step in and do what only you can do. We call it a miracle. And you just call it being our father. We love you. Room full of your kids. <laughs> we need a whole bunch of miracles. And may they begin today. In Jesus' name, amen. Love y'all. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, we'd like to give you an opportunity to do so right now. Romans 10:9 says that if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. 
We'd like to pray and simply invite Jesus to be your savior and the leader of your life. You can pray with me right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I am a sinner who needs forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I ask you to be the leader of my life, to be the Lord of my life, and I want to follow you. I believe, God, that Jesus is who he said he is, and I choose now to follow him all the days of my life. I commit my life to you, and it is in the precious name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Well, we'd like to congratulate you and share your story with us at info at Again, thanks for joining us.